You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of The Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, follow our dreams, and fulfill our true potential. And I am excited that you are joining me today for a conversation with Mike Kim. And Mike ditched his comfy C-suite marketing job in pursuit of career freedom. And since then, Mike has been hired by top thought leaders like John Maxwell, Donna Miller, and Suzanne Evans, and now spends his time traveling, scuba diving, and teaching everything he knows about entrepreneurship, marketing, and life through his number one ranked podcast on personal branding, the Brand You podcast. And uh, Mike is an expert on branding, copywriting, uh, marketing, and uh, really just living life to the fullest. So Mike, it's awesome to have you on. It is awesome to be with. Thank you for that very nice intro. Uh, somebody wrote that for me. I don't. I don't. I don't know who. But <laughs> somebody that's really good at marketing put yeah. that down. Um, and, yeah, just happy to be here. Happy to be with you guys tuning in, and hope to add some value to you today. For sure. And I want to add to that. Uh, you know, you and I met through some friends at Social Media Marketing World. Uh, I know you do some work with uh, Lauren Davis and Mary Baloney, who are friends of mine. And uh, you know, the, everyone I know speaks highly of you. And of course, got to see you speak uh, a little bit. At Social Media Marketing World is just uh, going back and reviewing. That content and I've listened to your podcast and I think what I admire most about you is not that just that hey you've left the, your job to pursue your dreams and you're living this great cool entrepreneur life and traveling and scuba diving and everything else that you know a lot of people want but that you are truly authentic about it you share those vulnerable moments the ups and the downs and I, I try to do the same thing I think that's what really people connect with and what they want to hear and not just like hey look at me in this Ferrari life is good, you know, come pay me money and, and do this too. Like what's your, what's your perspective on that? It's too hard to do otherwise, man. <laughs> like I, I, I left corporate, you know, um, I, I grew up and, and, and worked out of and lived in like very, very, um, res like kind of restrictive, um, environments, you know, I'm Korean. Um, and so I, I was born in California, but I was, you know, Korean American and, um, despite growing up here, you know, in, in the U S this is my home obviously, but, um, there's a culture thing that goes on. And like, you know, when I was growing up, all I was told was all you can be is a, a lawyer, doctor, or business person, you know, and you got to go to college. I didn't know that college was optional until like I was 16 years old. I didn't know college was optional. Yeah. Same. And, and so like all these things like, you know, and, and then growing up in kind of more religious environment when I was young and uh, then going to corporate America, you know, I, I found that um, like all of life was just kind of a journey to to become more and more honest with yourself. And it's too hard otherwise to like kind of put on these appearances or, 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 you know, create an image of yourself because you can't sustain it. And like, why leave one restrictive paradigm for another that's one of your own making? You know, I, I never understood that. And so to me, I just really believe true fulfillment starts with the courage to be yourself, no matter the context, you know, and we've got to have the courage to be able to draw a line in the sand and say, you know, this is what I stand for in my career, in my relationships, in my happiness, my health, like you're the one who determines that. 
and to me like that that's where fulfillment starts it doesn't end there but if you never get to that point where you're courageous enough to say like this is what i stand for like you're never gonna you never you, you know we have people tuning in personal development we all we all everyone if you're tuned into us today you love personal development i mean you know you're weird you're listening to a podcast like most people don't do that right yeah. <laughs> listen to a podcast to grow and get better but like it starts with the honesty of saying i'm not satisfied with where i am so i'm going to tune into the andy stores show so i'm just i'm going to grow i'm going to i'm going to put my my uh my feet to the fire and do that and not a lot of people do that and so yeah I, I, it's just too hard to do otherwise you know, it's easier to, to grow than to put up an image. Right, right. I like that. And, and courage, of course, is, is not the absence of fear, but, but, you know, recognizing the fear that you have. And a lot of that comes from there's a lot of people out there that have that strong upbringing one way or another. The parents or religion told them they had to do something. You know, society said you need to get a job and stay with that job and, you know, get dead. And then you get you have to stick with that secure thing and that you can't really follow your dreams. And a lot of people, um, some people do. And you did, but you had that really strong influence. You know, you mentioned parents, religion, the Korean culture, which I'm a little bit familiar with, by the way. I used to live in LA. I lived in Koreatown, which is the largest. That's right. We uh, talked about that. Neighborhood, yeah. yeah, outside of Korea. Uh, and, uh, but you, you essentially left all that and completely changed because not only did you pursue your, your dream and your passion to go out on your own, run your own business, but building a personal brand kind of goes against that. Asian culture that you may have grown up in as well. So what changed for you, for you to break out and go do this? Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it's, you know, everything starts with a story, doesn't it? Um, and so I remember years ago, my, it had been a, a long time, maybe two years since my mother and sister were in the same place with me, like, cause just life took over. Right. So they came over to my place. I was living in New Jersey, just outside Manhattan at the time. They came over for Thanksgiving and I was working my corporate job then and we had Thanksgiving off and I stayed up with my mom until two in the morning, Thanksgiving night, just talking. She's telling me all these war stories like your dad did this. He was an idiot. And you were like this when you were a kid. And like, this is like valuable stuff that I know, like if I don't ask her now, they will go to the grave with her one day. Right. So I had this great conversation with her, you know, my sister's asleep, you know, and, um, and I had to go to work the next day. And it killed me that I was not going to be able to spend the next day with them. Right. That just stunk. Like that, that just, it actually got me mad because we didn't need to work on Black Friday. We didn't need to do that. And I started to think about like life and I was like, you know, this is just messed up. Like my company, I get them great results. They pay me well, but they don't really care about what my life is going to look like when I'm 80. What am I going to regret more going to work or, or, or spending time with my family? I'm going to regret going to work that day. And so it started me down this path and I'd made some career transitions up to that point as well. And it really, Andy just kind of co comes back to these three questions. And I, I have since called these the PB three, the personal brand three, because when people come to me for coaching, um, they want to know what kind of business they start. And I know that we're not talking particularly about business, but this really works in real life too. And I asked them these three questions, what pisses you off? What breaks your heart? And what's the big problem you're trying to solve? And I use that term, what pisses you off on purpose <laughs> because it gets to the emotions, right? So what pisses you off? That is like the injustice that you see in the world. And it pissed me off that I had to go to work the next day. 
it pissed me off that there are companies and organizations, nonprofits, churches, you name it, any kind of organization out there that basically takes people who have these wonderful dreams, talents, and abilities and fits them into a machine like a cog in the machine, right? And just stifles all their dreams and stifles all their, their passions for the sake of the greater organization. Now, I, this is not me railing against corporate America. I appreciate corporate America. I love corporations because they make my life easier. I love Amazon. Thank you for, you know, making my life easy. But if you don't want to do that, then there's another way out. And what broke my heart was that I drive down, you know, the street in the morning to go get some coffee. And I would see these people in New Jersey, you know, many people commute into New York City. And uh, they're standing out in the freezing rain. And they look like the walking dead, dude, literally the walking dead. And I thought to myself, these people were probably varsity athletes in high school. Some of them probably valedictorians, right? Some of them probably graduated with honors, you know, in college. And they're smart, they're experienced, and the world will never know their experience or expertise. They're going to work in a cubicle somewhere, right? And their families, they're depressed. Their families aren't happy because they're depressed, right? And it just breeds this over and over again. That broke my heart. So to me, the big problem I was trying to solve was to was to um, to help them live a life that they want, live a life on their own terms. And the way I do that is through marketing, right? I'm not a life coach. It sounds like maybe like I'm a life coach, but I'm not. Yeah. I, I I do that through marketing, I'm helping them market themselves as a personal brand, and that's actually what drove me. So it actually starts from a much deeper place than just, I want to teach marketing so that I can make some money. People hire me all the time. We want you to help our marketing so we make more money. And what I say is, well, there's one word you're missing that precedes both of those words. And that word is movement. What is the movement you're trying to start? What, what, what change are you trying to affect in the world? I'm not talking about global. I'm just talking e- even in your sphere of influence. Like, what's the movement you're trying to start? And so that's what really drove me, man. It was that it was like not being able to spend time with my family, you know, on the holidays and realizing that nobody cared about this except for me. And that meant no one was going to do anything about it except for me. Yeah, that's, it makes sense. And I've had similar feelings. And when I think back to when I left my job to go out on my own, I had a really great job and schedule already. I worked from home. I kind of made my own schedules. It's not like it's this terrible situation, but I think I had some of those. If you had asked me, you know, what pisses you off? It's that I still have to run around and do a bunch of projects for people that are not approving the things that I want to do. Like I wanted to start podcasts and grow this big, you know, do all this stuff on social media and I get to get approval for this. That pissed me off. I don't like that. What broke my heart is that I may not necessarily uh, fulfill my true potential. And, uh, you know, the problem I'm trying to solve now I'm still trying to figure that out, but uh, I, you know, I realize as I get more into the talent development space, there, there's a lot of problems there I'm trying to solve and, and help companies with that. But I want to get back to you because you decided you were going to go. Um, a lot of people get in that situation. It's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I have many friends that are like that. They're in different you know, states of that limbo, if you will. Uh, but it's still hard to make that jump. We've got expenses. You don't want to give up the salary. Don't know where to go. Um, how did you make that jump? And more importantly, I was wondering, you know, how much fear did you have at that point? And what was your biggest fear? And, did you, and how did you get over that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's so funny because people will say, I, I've heard that from all my friends too, 
right? Yeah. Dude, how did you do this? Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, I mean, it's on my blog if you want to read it. Like, you know, I tell them and, and they don't want to read it, right? And I'm like, well, that's, that's, there's your first problem. You actually, you're not really hungry enough mm. to find the solution for yourself. Like people think they need resources. They don't need resources. We live in the most resourced generation ever in human history, right? We don't need more resources. We need resourcefulness. And that's really where it starts. They just don't have the hunger to, to pursue after it in the way that I, that just drove me. I mean, you could hear it. You can hear it when I, when I share that. It just drove me. I was like, I just do not want to do this. Um, on a real practical level, like overcoming fear, a, a couple of things, right? Um, the first is that people often will say, I don't have the confidence to do what you did. And I'm like, well, confidence doesn't come first. Confidence comes last. And this is something I teach the people that I coach in business. And, and I say, confidence is last. The first thing that comes is commitment. That's the first thing. Like, I'm committed to living life on my own terms. That's my commitment. And then the second thing that comes is courage. Have the, like you and I just talked about, the courage to be yourself no matter the context. Courage comes second. Courage means you do things while you're scared. What happens after that, after you exhibit some courage and start taking some steps down the road, which is exactly what you're saying. You're like, well, I'm not really sure what problem I might want to solve yet, but you're solving problems already, whether you realize it or not through this podcast. Right. And the third thing that comes is competence. You become competent at what you do. You, you start to attain some skill. And once you have that skill, confidence comes. It comes last. So a lot of people get that four-step framework mixed up. They think confidence comes first. They think confidence is courage. It's not. Right. Courage is not confidence and confidence is not courage. So I have realized this, that now as an entrepreneur, I still go through those progressions all the time. Anytime I have to learn something new, whether it was learning Instagram or learning YouTube or doing a new keynote, it's like, crap, I've never done this before, but I'm committed to doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to exhibit the courage because I've worked out that courage muscle plenty of times in my life. And I'm just going to learn a little by little until I gain some competence. And now I can stand on a stage and have the confidence or I can do Instagram or do YouTube and it's not a problem. And you just do this over and over again. Yeah. New podcast, new product launch, new business venture, buying a new house, getting to a new relationship, same four step process. Right. Yeah. You try stuff and maybe you ask for help if you need it. Um, yeah, I've learned that fear is really just the perceived lack of control, right? And mm -hmm. so if you're willing to take a chance and try stuff, then you get some experience with it. And as you build more experience, then that becomes confidence. And then you feel like you know what you're doing. And then maybe it's try to do, try, time to try something new. But until you do that, you're going to be in uncharted territory. You're going to be afraid. You and I were talking about right before we started recording this conference that I'm running, the Talent Development Think Tank in November. Uh, I've never done this before. I'm scared. I don't have confidence. I have a lot of optimism uh, yes. and I have, you know, a network and I have people that I can ask for help and I have people supporting me, mastermind groups. And, uh, you know, mentioned my friend, our mutual friend, Lauren Davis is, is helping me give me some advice. Uh, but I don't have the confidence because I haven't the experience because I haven't done it before, but I'm doing it anyway. Right. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, people, people will often ask like, why did you, why did you make a change in your life? Like what, what inspired that? Or, where you're asking me, like, what were some of the practical things that you did to kind of make that leap? And um, 
I, I was, I was married at the time. I didn't have kids, but I had a big mortgage. <laughs> like every American we over overspent. Right. And we're in, in tremendous amount of debt. And so, um, this is the way I approached it. I, I started, you know, this freelance business on the side, launched, you know, started my side hustle. And, um, I came up with a plan. I said, if I can earn the same amount of money on the side as I do at my day job, three months in a row, then I'll leave my day job. And then I realized I was making $130,000 in my day job. It's really hard to make $12,000, $11,000 a month yeah. on the side, right? Yeah. Like what the heck am I thinking, right? right? So then I got a little wiser and I got some counsel around me and um, it got some different perspectives and I went by what I then started to call the smug numbers, S-M-U-G, right? That doesn't mean anything. It's just an easy word to remember. So S was survival, <laughs> like survival amount of money. M was middle class. U was upper class. G was gaudy. Like you don't know what the word budget means. You're burning dollar bills, right? So I asked myself, what number do I need to make in my side hustle to be able to you know, kind of, kind of leave my job. And we settled on the middle class number. So I'm going to do the math really easily. I was living just outside of Manhattan. It's a very expensive place to live in the country, but it was home. That's where I grew up. And, um, you know, I said, okay, let's say $60,000 a year is pretty middle class. That's $5,000 a month. Let me focus on making $5,000 a month. Well, that seemed very high. So instead I focused on making just 10% of that number three months in a row, $500 a month. Now it seems attainable. You know what's crazy, Andy? $500 extra a month is life-changing money to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's their car payment, that's their cell phone bills, and that's like a week of groceries. That's a month's worth of groceries for a lot of people, right? So I learned not to despise the day of small beginnings. <laughs> And if you, if you take five times, 500 times 12, that's $6,000 extra a year that I'm making. And I thought to myself, how much harder would I have to work to earn $6,000 a year in a raise from my company? I had to work my tail off. Yeah. So it's better to just earn it on the side. Right. And so um, once I did that, I learned enough about what I did and didn't want to do so that I could actually scale that income up. And so some of you might say like, Mike, how in the world did you go from $500 to $5,000? I then just started to picture myself having a client who paid me 120 something thousand dollars a year, which was my day job. So when these inquiries would come in for consulting or for copywriting, writing their marketing content for them, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't do $500 contracts. I'm sorry, I don't do like $200 contracts. You know, I, I have very big clients, you know, that was my company. But that's how I reframed it. And as I did more podcasting and did more blogging, grew my audience, um, did all the things that I needed to do, I eventually got to that point. Long story short, that was about a two-year process. And the month that I left my day job, I had set up some recurring revenue and, and I, I built it all the right way. The first uh, month that I, I left my day job, in my mastermind coaching group alone that I was, I was a participant in, these guys sent me about $14,000 worth of work. And I was like, you jerks, where was this six months ago? If you sent yeah. me this six months ago, I would have left six months ago. And I realized 
That's not the way the universe works. No. You got to make the leap first and then it comes. The net appears, yeah. right? The commitment and the courage. And in their reasoning, they didn't think I had enough time to do the work that they wanted to send me. Mm. So they're like, oh, Mike's too busy. Well, I'm not even going to ask him. That's what happened. They weren't trying to withhold it from me. It's yeah. just the way the universe works. So on that level, um, on a very practical level, that's how I, that's how I did it. Um, and, and even if you're not making that $5,000 a month, whatever it is that you're looking for, even that extra $500 a month is life changing money. And it completely shifts your perspective and your mindset about money, about how to generate revenue, about what's possible in life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you serious? I just talked to this person for an hour and I got paid $500 for an hour at coaching call. Uh, that's like a half day's worth of work. Mm -hmm. at the office, you know, if you're working retailing, I mean, how much, how many hours would you have to work to earn $500? So completely screwed with my economics in a good way. Yeah. And the work you were doing at that time was more marketing content writing type of stuff. Which I was means? a CMO of a company. So it was a very demanding job. And then when I, when I started out on my own, uh, I was getting hired to, to write. Yes. Mm. You know, some sales content, email marketing, so on and so forth. Got it. Since you left then and you've been building your business um, around content marketing and then getting into um, branding and coaching, what you've been doing, uh, what's been the, uh, you mentioned that you were already, you were in a mastermind group at that time. So you were already investing in yourself. I was curious how much you, what sort of things you have done to invest in yourself throughout that journey to, uh, you know, help you along. Yeah. The first uh, investment I ever made to grow my platform was a membership site that taught you how to blog. And I was like, okay. And this was in 2013. So blogging was a little bigger back then. And so I was like, okay, I will learn how to blog. I'll do this the right way. And it was like $30 a month. And I was like, if I don't think I'm worth $30 a month, then I'm the problem. You know, I, and I tell people that a lot. When you invest in yourself, you dictate the returns. When you invest in yourself, the game is rigged. The market is rigged because you dictate the returns. And I knew I would outwork all the other people. I knew that I would out hustle them. I might not be smarter than them, but I would definitely do the work. That was the first thing I invested in. The second thing I invested in was a $300 writing course. And it just taught me to take all my writing skills and channel them through internet marketing, the way that people write online versus some of the other kind of writing I had done in the past. I'd always been a strong writer, but I knew I needed to adapt. and. I feel that whenever you're going to level up your life, it usually entails that you have to learn one critical skill. You've got to add one critical skill set. So for me, it was learning to write in a way that people would consume quickly on the internet. It was blogging. That was 2013. Um, in tw late 2013, I went to my first marketing conference. I went to a conference for, for the membership site that I had bought. They held a conference and I paid $1,500 to go to this, this conference. I was like, what is the price differential here? What the heck, dude? I'm paying $30 a month for your, your content. It's a $1,000 ticket and then hotels and flights. I was like, what the heck is going on? But I did it. Yeah, out of pocket. Yeah, out of pocket. Out of pocket. I went, right? Because again, I believed in myself. I invested in myself. Was I scared? Yeah, but it was courage, right? I was committed to this thing, to this path, and I exhibited courage. And um, long story short, after doing some of these events, I invested in a mastermind group and it was expensive. It was more expensive than the ones that I charge now. 
Um, that guy's since become a friend. He was a mentor. He's since become a really good friend. We partnered in business together now because that was one of his best success stories. That's a thousand dollars a month, thousand dollars a month. And I wasn't generating that kind of income yet. I was still working my day job. And so I was in that messy middle where I was, you know, taking money that I'd earned at work and then channeling towards this while paying, you know, like an exorbitant amount of money to live where we lived. Right. And and being in debt. And I, I, you know, it sounds like I made a lot of money, but we didn't know what we were doing. You know, like we had a ton of debt. We had to pay that stuff down. Right. It was crazy. So all in all, you'll always find an excuse not to invest if that's where your heart is. And all in all, you will always find a way to invest if that's where your heart is. Yeah. I I love that. I love that. And I love what you said. When you invest in yourself, you dictate the returns. And uh, I do a lot of these things. I've been in a number of mastermind groups and go to conferences and things like that. But I, you know, you caused me to pause there because I think a lot of times I I still think of it as, you know, when I invest, hey, what are you going to do for me? Versus Mm -hmm. if I trust this person enough, am I worth this? Am Mm -hmm. I going to get if I, am I going to work hard enough and leverage this resource that I'm going to get the returns that they're promising? And most of the time it's true, but if it doesn't happen, it's because I didn't put enough work into it. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, and I coach a lot of people who want to enter into this space and I know we're talking a little bit more business, but this is, this, yeah. is, this is all personal development stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if you are not willing to invest a thousand dollars a month in yourself, if you just think that's the, if your visceral reaction is that's ridiculous. Well, I'm sorry, man. You're not going to make it. If you think you're going to charge people a thousand dollars a month for something that you offer when you've never invested that much in yourself, there's a misalignment there. Yeah, I'm not saying that you have to go sell your house, and I'm not saying it's about the money, but early on it is because Mm -hmm. it's about the mindset. Now, I mean, some of the most expensive contracts that I've been paid have literally paid the the record so far has been a one-time payment of $120,000 wired to my bank account. Wow. One shot. Now, I have not spent $120,000 on a particular coach before, but looking back through the course of my life, that's probably what I've invested or more. Mm. And so when this comes to me, people might think I freak out and, and you know, jump for jump. It, I don't. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, it, it's simply a transaction this is simply a return on what I've invested in myself already. Yeah. You know, what gets me really jazzed up and excited is when I see other people have that breakthrough through from themselves. Yeah. And so it, it's I, like, I know that sounds so ridiculous, but you know, if you have like an open mind to hear what I'm saying here, uh, then it's going to resonate with you. If you have a visceral reaction, like that's a bunch of horse crap or whatever, like <laughs> that says more about you. Mm-hmm. than it does about me or anybody else who's kind of investing in themselves. You know, I like to think of it as, you know, this progression. It's like, you know, we all have um, up till a certain point, Andy, like we, we're, we're very satisfied in life, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point as the years go by, we become dissatisfied. And that's what you're hearing from your friends. And that's what I hear from my friends. I don't want to do this anymore, right? right? And then the third step is they get to like this emotional brink right? They get to this emotional brink and they're like, I just literally cannot take it anymore. And for me, that, that breaking point was Thanksgiving with my mom and sister. Like that was like, I was like, this, something is seriously wrong with my world right now. Yeah. And, um, moment of insight. That's number four. You have this moment of insight and you you realize life can be different. 
And for me, that was looking at some of these bloggers online, looking at these consultants online, listening to their podcasts, hearing their stories. And there was this moment of insight where I realized, wait, I think I can do this. And then there was an opening. Now, the thing is that opening has a very short timeline. It's, it's a limited opening. It doesn't stay open forever because if you, if you see the opening and you don't leap, um, and I've never talked about this before, so I'm glad we're talking about this. What happens if you don't leap is you make a habit out of delaying decisions. That is like one of the worst habits that you can institute in your life. If you delay at that opening over and over again, what happens is you go back to the beginning of satisfaction. You know, my, lo- my job isn't that bad. Maybe I should be more grateful. You know, I am happy just working Monday to Friday. Oh, guys like you, Andy, you're crazy having to make your own money and throw in a conference. I don't want to do that. I'm perfectly happy going nine to five to my job. And they rationalize that satisfaction. And they go right through the same cycle until three years later, their kids are three years older, they're three years more in debt, three years older, three years more dissatisfied. They go through the same cycle and they make a habit of delaying decisions. And that's like the worst thing that you can do. Unfortunately, no one can throw you out through that opening for you. That's right. Because if they do, you're going to blame them. And so like, it's super, super important to understand like that's, those are the steps that we go through all the time. We just coast through life and don't realize it. Yeah. And so many people are coasting and drifting. And what I like about your story is you, you got to a point where uh, this, this pivotal point where you decided you want to make a change. You didn't like, you were pissed off. You didn't like the way things were, but the difference between you and what a lot of people do is you took personal responsibility and said, well, I have the power to change this. You looked at what other people are doing and said, Hey, look, these bloggers are living this life. Like I can do this too. But I think a lot of people just start complaining with that victim mindset. I like to talk a lot about personal responsibility. You have the power. I mean, everybody's got different situations and backgrounds, of course, and not everybody has to be an entrepreneur wants to be an entrepreneur. You know, we might have people listening who are perfectly happy in their jobs. I have friends I know that listen to this who, who love their job and their company. They just want to get the most out of life. And so maybe there's that something. Uh, but it's interesting. You also talked about, you know, that, that window of time. And if you don't leap in, you become that, you have that habit of delaying decisions. And uh, I know I've done that many times. And in fact, you know, going back to investing yourself, there have been two separate times where I wanted to join a mastermind group and I took like a couple days. I knew I wanted to, but I just, I was still not used to really investing this much money in myself. And I took a little while to, to think about it. And then I came back and twice this happened. They were like, Oh, sorry, you waited too long. It's full. Yep. And I was like, Whoa, I really should have acted. So then, you know, I had to jump on the next one you mm-hmm. know, that, that was similar. Or in the second case, she made a, a, a an exception and opened up a spot for me. Maybe it was a sales tactic. Um, you know, the last, the, the last spot. And, but it, it's taught me a lesson that like, if I want to do something and I know I'm worth it, I need to invest in it and jump on it because if, because I'm in sales, I'm running a business, right. And I want people to make those quick decisions with me. So we have to act as we want our clients and, and customers to act as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I was, I, this past week I was uh, working on filling a, another mastermind group. I and saw your email. I'm yeah. On your list. Yeah. And to me running groups like this, it, when, when people fill out an application, it's either a hell yes or it's a no, mm. because if they don't have that kind of commitment, right, then I can't, I can't do that. I can't do anything about it. 
right? And most of them, you know, are, are taking a courageous step. They're investing, you know, but like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no mm. to me. And, um, there are a couple of people that I actually end up, what I do is I, I get an application and I read it through and I ask some pretty interesting questions. You know, I, I've, I've garnered these through the years, seeing other people do them. And, you know, I ask them questions like, tell me about your family or how do you make a living? Or, um, where do you get your love and support and encouragement from right now? Or how do you see the world? I mean, these are mastermind, like a business group questions, mm-hmm. right? And, that tells you a lot about people. And so if it's, if these, these questions are not like, if these answers are not a hell yes to me, then I'm like, no, it's a no, Mm. it's a no, because there's no commitment there. Yeah. I've had people say, yeah, I'm in. And then they don't, they don't answer right away. And I'm like, okay, I'm, who do I want? Do I want the person who's entering at a seven or at a 10? I want it at a 10. Like I want that kind of buy-in. And then we have energy. We, We operate from a place of energy. And so, um, to me, it's just that habit of delaying decisions. If I had to implore anybody on this call listening, that's the one habit to, uh, to get rid of, you know, it's, I'm a word guy and we, we never think about this, but the actual root of the word decide is death, right? Suicide, homicide, fratricide, heck pesticide, right? Killing bugs. C-I-D-E means death. The root word of decide is death. It, it literally means to decide literally means to put to death every other option. That's what a decision is. So to me, it's a hell yes or it's a no, right? And so um, I just made a decision. I'm going to live life, you know, to the best that I can. I, I think that one of the greatest gifts that we're given is our potential. And one of the greatest gifts we can give back to the world is actually fulfill it. And, and, that, I just want to see how far I can go. And you're giving a lot back right now. I love it. Um, cool. I'm, I'm big on this stuff and it's counterculture, right? A lot of people have to kind of figure it out, have to learn it, you know, investing yourself through coaching and masterminds, things like that. It's different than traditional education. Uh, other than investing in yourself through like personal development, coaching, things like that. What's the best thing that you've done to grow your business and, and make sure you're successful in this new life? It's the best decision you made. Okay. This is super easy. Hands down. And she did not ask me to do this, but I'm going to give her a total plug. Her name is Jessica May, mm. the bottom line CPA. That's their company. And if there's one decision I made in business that has absolutely transformed everything that I do, it's hiring their firm. Andy, I am the Asian who hates math. I <laughs> hate, I hate bookkeeping. <laughs> I hate the word budget. I never saw a receipt that I didn't want to throw away. Um, I I make good money and I spend good money. Yeah. And about a year and a half ago, I put myself into a a financially crippling decision because I did not read the details on a live event that I was actually hosting. So this is my word of warning to you, you know? Mm. And uh, I held a live event and I completely miscalculated the costs because of the hotel room commitment. Oh, I, I know we, about this. We yeah. completely miscalculated. And so I, the, like five days before this conference that I was going to hold in Austin, Texas, um, I owed the hotel you know, something like $35,000. Mm. Like in cold, hard cash. Yeah. Like, and I didn't have that on my credit cards. 
they were maxed out. I didn't have that in liquid funds. I, I couldn't refund the money because I didn't have the money. I couldn't cancel the event. I literally had no idea what I was going to do. And after a little while of just being mad at myself, you know, I went to work and I hustled like crazy and I made that money in a weekend, which is pretty insane. Um, thank God for my email list. Seriously. Thank God for an email list. Um, but I vowed I would never put myself in a position like that again. And I was recently invited on Jess's podcast to talk about that experience. And that was rock bottom for me. And I had done everything else right in my business except for that. And it was a crippling mistake. And you know, the thing is when you hit rock bottom, um, especially financially, there is so much emotion that gets carried into that because of our mindsets around money. You don't know when the sky is going to be blue again. And I remember I was walking around Harry Potter world in Orlando because I had spoken at a conference there that I didn't get paid for right? (laughs) talking to this lady about this, this, um, this, this situation that I was in. And I was like, look, I just survived the craziest financial difficulty that I ever faced. I'm okay now. I made some money back, right? Income's coming in. Um, it was about a month after this whole ordeal. But I told her, this will never happen to me again. And um, whatever it is that you have that you offer, I need you to fix this. And I was going through a divorce at the time. It was just everything that could happen at once. Happen yeah. at once. Yeah. And I was like, fix my taxes prepare next year's taxes, go through all my receipts from like a year and a half ago, like look through every line item on my credit card. It it was a gargantuan task. It took them six months. Mm. And I am here a year later and I know how much money I have. I know how healthy my business is. I know which cards to use. And um, I, that lady completely changed my life. Mm. I've told my contractors, my web designer, my copywriters, my, my social media people, my, my executive assistant, the, the gal who builds my funnels, I was like, you are all expendable. <laughs> if I run out of money, the only person I'm keeping is Jess. Wow. Because that's how important it was. So for all of you who may be looking to go into business for yourself, um, please have somebody that is financially competent around you. And the wonderful thing is Jess and her firm, they specialize in working with people like me. You know, they, they know what masterminds are. They know live seminars. They know the information marketing space. They know the personal branding space. She knows I'm never home in one place for very long. She gets the travel, you know? Um, so it was just, oh my God. And I, I think about it sometimes to this day. And, uh, I was in this very room when I had that conversation with her about when she called me and said, um, Hey, we took care of your taxes. You don't own any taxes. We took care of it all. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a, I, I never cry. I think the last time I cried um, before my divorce, obviously, was like in ninth grade when Arnold Schwarzenegger dies in Terminator 2, like the thumb goes down into the lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, this, this is, someone's cutting onions in here. I didn't want to look like a Wilson in front of all my friends in, in, yeah. in, in junior high, you know? Yeah. But that was the last time I cried. I mean, I, I truly hit rock bottom. Yeah. And this lady gave me, she just affirmed and, and said, it's going to be all right and we're going to pull out of this. Yeah. Well, best thing ever. Seriously. It's so important. And you're talking about, you know, having a good CPA and, and financial support, but really what you're saying is that we need to know our strengths and we need to be able, you know, when we can outsource uh, to support our weaknesses, you know, I'm fairly good financially, but I did hire a CPA 
uh, last year. Shout out to my friend Adam Blitz, and he's a fantastic job. Go. Saved me tons of money on taxes. It's amazing. Um, and I finally hired a VA to help me with all kinds of details and, and uh, repurposing stuff that I'm just not good at. And it was just driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have that stuff uh, is so helpful. So I was going to follow that up by asking you what's the biggest mistake you've made or the biggest failure you've had along the way. It sounds like one of them was maybe signing that contract with the hotel, but uh, <laughs> is there another one that, uh, that comes to mind that you learned from? Oh man, you know, that was, that was such a crippling one. I remember like, I mean, that kind of, like that kind of emotion, like just stays yeah. with you. Like it, 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 I almost felt like at some point, like it was like hardwired into my body or something like that. It was just like, Oh man, I, I remember what that felt like. It's still a visceral feeling. Um, as for other mistakes that I've made, I, I really feel like, um, one of the things that I didn't do well, uh, early on was to focus on like what really mattered in the business. And I, I, I chased contracts, Mm. right and I, I not not my chasing but i took them when i didn't need to mm. and i continually found myself doing work for other people that if i had done for myself would have taken 20% of the time and would have yielded 80% probably more results every time i wrote something for a client i was like what if i wrote this page for myself Every time I set up a landing page or did something, I'm getting real markety here, but every time I did some sort of web setup for them, I thought to myself, what if I did that for myself? Like what would change? Yeah. Like, and I let go of that way too late in my, in my career. I could have let go of that much earlier. And, um, you know, that, that is something I look back on and wish I didn't, you know, that I'd done earlier, you know, I, you had to learn those lessons. Yes. Um, which, which all builds your experience to what you're doing today. Um, and so what is it you're doing today? Who are you serving today? So my, the, the people that I serve are folks who want to build a personal brand business. I think everyone has a personal brand. They all have, we all have a reputation, you know, everyone's got a reputation, but if you want to build a business, we have to understand that business is nothing more than solving a problem for a profit. That's it. Bottom line. So the people I work with are folks who want to become speakers, coaches, consultants, or authors, and they don't know how to market themselves and they don't know how to grow a business. And so I can help with the marketing and business building side of things. That's who I love working with because of what I shared at the start of our conversation. What ticks me off is people, you know, being told when to go to work, how much money they can make, what days they can spend with their family on vacation. Um, And the big problem I'm trying to solve is to help those people who don't want to live that life anymore, to build a business around themselves where they're doing work that they actually love and believe in, where they are uh, going through life with um, purpose and with margin and with space and time and freedom of revenue Mm -hmm. uh, to do what they want. And uh, it's not for everybody. Entrepreneurship is not easy, man. I mean, I will say for, for a few minutes there, when I hit rock bottom more than just a few minutes, obviously I'm joking. I was like, I should have just stayed at my day job. I'm an idiot for doing this. Like I made, I just made this huge mistake and I knew it turned into a good story one day, but man, that was a long, a long journey back. Yeah. Um, so it's not for everybody, but for those who it is, that's who I want to serve. 
Well, I, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, I'm trying to build a personal brand and personal brand business or business around my personal brand as well, which is why I follow you. I follow Chris Ducker and other people that have done this or teaching this. Um, so I know you work with a lot of people on this and I like that you said everybody has a personal brand because we all do have a brand. We all have a reputation. We're all known for something among people. What do they say about you when you're not around? Um, for people that are looking to build a stronger personal brand like me, what are a couple pieces of advice that you normally give on, you know, how to get started building a stronger brand or reputation where people know you for things? Yeah. So, you know, um, I, you can tell now that I, I, I talk in a lot, a lot of questions. And so once people answer those, that PB3 set of questions, right? What pisses you off? What breaks your heart? What's the big problem you're trying to solve? Uh, I go another layer deep and I ask them two more questions. I say, okay, great. Uh, number one question, what do you want me to pay you for? And number two, uh, which one of my friends do you want me to talk to about you? And it's surprising how many people like get screwed up by these questions. Because when I ask them, especially in my industry, what do you want me to pay you for? You know what they say? Life fulfillment, how to attain work-life balance. Um, And I say to them, what are you talking about? Right? Because last time I checked, you can't buy a bottle of work-life balance. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm literally looking you dead in the eye asking you, if I give you my credit card, what do I get? Well, you get clarity. I'm like, no, no, no you're not under, I'm from, fulfillment. Yeah, fulfillment. I'm from the New York area. I'm pretty direct. I'm like, no, no, no like you, you don't understand the question. Do I get a book? Do I get a, an online course? Do I get your phone number in an hour of your time? Do I get a, a planner of some sort? Like, what do I get when you, I literally give you my credit card and they don't know. And when you don't know, then you don't have clarity. You don't have a business. You're not solving a problem for profit because no one can pay you for anything, right? And the second question is, which one of my friends do you want to talk to? This throws them off, right? So then they say, oh, anyone who is searching for true fulfillment in life. I'm like, you've just lost me. Right. You are in, in, in the clouds. You are, you are becoming one of these other, you're becoming a dime a dozen life coach that has no idea what they do. And how would you know who to refer them to? Exactly. So I, I then have to spell it out. Like, and these are, these are like real people, right? It's like, do you want to talk to my friend Sarah, who I used to work with? And I think she's probably about 24 years old now. She just graduated from pharmacy school. Do you, and she's single. Do you want to talk to her? Um, do you want to talk to um, my friend Karen, who is a news reporter, and she's like 37 years old, and uh, she's, she's, she's on the news all the time. Do you, do you want to talk to her? Do you want to talk to my friend Henry, who is 42 and he works as a recruiter at Whole Foods? You know, um, young kid, seven, eight years old, right? Do you, do you want to talk to him? Uh, do you want to talk to my friend Jennifer, who has a daughter in college and she's a doctor? And these are real people, right? And what they're starting to, to, what's starting to happen is when I name these people in their age and careers, what, what that person I'm coaching is doing is that they're starting to make judgments, good judgments, judgments, evaluations on how much money they make, how advanced they are in life, what kind of pedigree they're from. Do you want to talk to my friend, John, who, who repairs HVAC units for a living at Sears? Like that says something and I'm not judging those people, but my, my students are, do you want to work with John or do you want to work with Jennifer, the surgeon? Right. Like, huh? I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, well, if you're going to attract a surgeon to pay you some money, don't you think you've got to have some of your stuff together? 
And it's just those two simple questions. So if you're starting out, you want to grow a business, you have to be able to, I mean, in a second, answer those two questions. So when you ask me, who do you work with? I mean, I was able to answer right away. Yeah. Speakers, coaches, consultants, authors, aspiring speakers, coaches, consultants, and authors, usually who are uh, 50 years old to 62. That's who pays me. In recent years, it's the, the age has shifted because I've become more active on Instagram. I seriously mean that. I think yeah. the, age, the age group has shifted. But um, these are people who want to become digital nomads. Yeah, It's a very different thing than the older demographic that I served. They resonate with me because they see my Instagram because I am a digital nomad. So that's yeah. how that worked. So I can say this program is for those of you who want to build a freelance business work from your laptop, live that laptop life, become digital nomads. I'm looking for people who are very conversant in, um, you know, online communication, social media, and you know how to use a MacBook, you know, and, and boom versus the people who want to become a hundred, $200,000 a year consultant who worked in corporate America, very different audiences, but I know what product goes for which. Yeah. So it starts with knowing, uh, first of all, what you stand for and what, you know, why you're, why you're doing it, what's your purpose. And then you really have to know who is your target audience? Who are you speaking to? Who do you want to work with so that, uh, you can target them with whatever it is, content posts, or just so your friends know who to refer people to. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was hammer home to me. I always resisted that, you know, honing in on a niche until I kind of, I heard someone speak about it. And it was this idea, well, if you want your friends to refer someone to you, they need to know specifically who it is versus anybody who wants to be coached. Right. It's just silly. And, and, and to that end, like I, I'm a marketer. I, don't, I never liked those ideal client exercises, those avatar exercises. I don't like yeah. them because in, in this space that I'm in, for some businesses, that makes sense. For my business, it doesn't make sense. I don't care how old a person is. I care about how they think. Mm. So I joked about it at the start of this show that you all are weird for listening to a podcast, but I actually mean that in a good way. So a lot of people look at demographics and they say, my ideal client, his name is Fred and he's 38 years old. and He's got three kids. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's ridiculous. Right. My ideal client is somebody who's willing to invest in themselves, uh, exhibits a little courage despite feeling a little ang ang anxious, is willing to take risks, um, is hungry to grow and learn. Um, and what I realized, Andy, was that I was talking about myself four years earlier. Yeah. And I realized if there, if I, there was a guy like me, there was probably thousands of others like me and that's who I wanted to work with. So you can be 55 and have that same approach and you can be 25 and have that same approach. So I focus on psychographics, like how they think rather than demographics. And that has helped a long way. I like that. I've, I've resisted the demographics as well. And, and I'm with you. And I, I sort of, I have my corporate business and I know I've done a lot of work on this and I know who I'm speaking to now. And most of the content I create is on LinkedIn because it's in the corporate world and I know who I'm speaking to. And then on the personal side, my, you know, quote side hustle that I do with this, almost like Gary Vee style is I, I kind of know who I'm speaking to there too, which is again, it's myself five years ago before I discovered all this stuff and started investing in myself. And I'm not even looking to um, find clients or make money there. I'm just looking to help people and build a foundation for whatever I may want to do later. Uh, but I've gotten a lot, I think, better with those things as I've gained clarity on who I want to speak to. And uh, so it sounds like you help people a lot with that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the clarity is king. You know, clarity attracts, confusion repels. 
And when, when, when you can niche down like that and, and not be scared that you turn people away, like in some industries, demographics make sense. If you're selling clothing, sneakers, demographics make sense, right? This type of shoe is really hot in this market right now. But if you're in like this personal development space, that doesn't matter. That, the demographics don't matter as much as the psychographics do. And that, that's where that stems from. So being clear, at least on that, if you can differentiate between whether you should focus on demographics or psychographics, you know, that will help. Despite my older audience, you know, having messaging work a certain way for, for them versus the younger audience, the thing that ties them all together is they, they all want to grow. They all want that kind of life on their terms type of business. And that's why it works for what I do. I love it. That's what I want as well. Um, we got to wrap things up here. Last question for you, Mike, um, considering that, you know, we've got a lot of listeners who are, some are entrepreneurs, many are entrepreneurs. Everybody wants to get the most out of life. Uh, you're living the life you want. I'm sure it's not perfect, uh, you know, messy like everybody else, but what's one more last piece of advice you would give for, you know, really living that, um, you know, that true dream life and the, fulfilling your true potential? You know, I, um, it, for me, it was, it was in a business coaching group and we were asked a question and this question was, what do you have to do in your life so that you can look back on it and know that you wouldn't have any regrets? And I was the youngest guy in this coaching group and all these people have these fancy answers, Andy, like they're like, I want to reach a million people with my message. I want to live a legacy for three generations of my grandchildren and project. I was like, what in the world are they talking about? And, and so I, it was my turn. I said, I just want to travel the world. And I felt like it was such a dumb answer. I felt like it was such a, like a less noble answer than yeah. what all these other guys were saying. And uh, the guy who's facilitating the session said this, he said, you know, none of these answers are wrong. And all of these answers are connected to one of three desires that you have as a human being to, to number one, love number two, to connect or number three, to contribute. And I, when he said that, I mean, I just felt so much better about myself because I realized I was trying to connect with people. I was at a time in my life that was very, very disconnected. It was very chaotic. I wanted to do that. And um, that question just gave me so much clarity, you know, answering that. And that would just be my, my one piece of advice, you know, everything and anything that you want to do in life is probably connected to one of those three desires. And I want to travel because I just want to connect with the world. I just want to connect with people. I want to connect with culture, their food, the sites. Um, and that's what's driving me right now. So love, connect, contribute, which one is it? Uh, and whatever you answer, it's all good. So yeah, there's, no wrong, there's no wrong yeah, answer. There's no, wrong, no wrong answer. I love it. So the follow-up is, did you have, sounds like you've been traveling the world. How many countries have you been to? I don't know how many countries I've been to. It's, I, I'm never, I mean, you, you've seen my feed. I'm like in a different city. All I'm going to Boston tomorrow. You know, it's like, I'm, I just moved from Florida a week ago. I'm going to Boston tomorrow, then New York, then I'll be back in DC. Then I'm going to Nashville. Then I'm going to Hawaii from, I'm everywhere, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just that season of life right now. I cool. can do it. So. Well, you're, you're physically traveling a lot. Where can people find you online if they want to connect, find out more about what you do and uh, maybe look into some of your services? Yeah. So you're listening to a podcast. So it just makes sense to me to refer you to my podcast. It's called the Brand You Podcast. Uh, if you are looking to start, run, or grow a personal brand business, uh, that's the place to go. 
got a ton of episodes there that you can check out. Um, and if you are on social media, I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, I love that channel. It's just fun for me. It's just fun for me. So my Instagram handle is Mike Kim TV. And when people DM me, I respond to them. I'm, I'm one of those. I don't have like a million followers, so I can actually keep up with, you know, whoever I connect with there. So that's how we booked this. I messaged you on Instagram. I know it's uh, my friends joke with me. It's more reliable than texting me. Yeah. And now I'm posting a story with us on Instagram right now. There you go. Mike, this has been awesome. Uh, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. Uh, may have to do that another time. Uh, this has been great for me, and I hope it's been valuable for our listeners as well. So thanks again for coming on the Andy Stewart Show. It was a pleasure. All right, take care.